Hey everyone, it's Daniel here. Before we get into today's episode, just want to give you a quick reminder that I will be hosting a giveaway for the podcast soon. The podcast is turning it's turning one in June. Uh, it's turning one in June on June the 13th, and I'm excited to do a giveaway uh, for to celebrate the one year anniversary of the show. Um, I did a uh, I did a short episode about the giveaway, detailing everything, and there will also be some details in the description of today's episode about the giveaway. Uh, but just to quickly give you some details about how you can enter and what it's for, um, I am partnering with the Isaiah 117 House for this giveaway. If you are not aware, uh, the Isaiah 117 House is a Tennessee-based nonprofit organization that provides physical and emotional support in a safe and loving home for children awaiting foster care placement. Um, they have locations all across the Southeast United States, and they're a really, really great organization. And so I'm excited to have this opportunity to partner with them. If you want to uh, enter the giveaway, all you have to do is um, make a donation to the Isaiah 117 house through Venmo. Uh, you can make your your donation in $5 increments. So if you make a $5 donation, that will be one submission into the giveaway. A $10 donation will be two submissions and so on and so forth. Uh, the winner of the giveaway will be announced on Monday, June the 12th, and they will receive the first ever Radio Face t-shirt, the first ever Radio Face sticker, and a $50 Visa gift card, all for all given to you, uh, shipped straight to you. Uh, so again, you can make as many entries as you like. All proceeds will go directly to the Isaiah 117 house. Uh, none of this will be coming back to me, so I really hope you take this opportunity to support this great organization and all the great work they're doing. If you don't have uh, to make a donation, you'll need to do it through Venmo. So if you don't have a Venmo account, you can download it for free on your phone, hook up your bank account, and then make a donation to uh, the Chambliss Center, which handles all the finances for the Isaiah 117 house. Uh, the handle for the Chamble Center on Venmo is at C-H-A-M-B-L-I-S-S-C-E-N-T-E-R. Um, that's where you can find them on Venmo. And whenever you make this donation to enter this, the giveaway, just make a note with your donation, uh, you know, just distinguishing that this is for the giveaway. So you can make a note saying Radio Face Podcast. You can make a note that just says podcast. You can make a note that says giveaway, anything along those lines that denotes that you are making this donation to the Isaiah 117 house for this giveaway. Uh, as I said, the winner will be announced on Monday, June the 12th. So you've got a lot of time to enter this giveaway. Uh, and I'm really excited to partner with the Isaiah 117 house and raise some money for a great cause. Thank you all for all the support you've given me uh, over this year so far. And I'm excited for year number two. Thank you for the Isaiah 117 house for partnering with me. And I'm really excited to uh, take this opportunity to help out a great organization. There'll be some more details about this down in the description. So if you'd like to learn more, head down there to the description, check everything out down there for more details. And if you have any questions about the giveaway, feel free to reach out to me on social media at Radio Face Pod on all social media platforms, or simply go to... Um, or simply email me at radiofacepod at gmail.com with any questions you have about the show or about the giveaway. Thank you again for all your support. And now let's jump into the episode. Hey there, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the podcast. My name is Daniel Trinum, and I will be your host as always. Before we get started with today's episode, I want to let you know of a few things of note. First, you may or may not be aware that I host another podcast called The Third Seat. The Third Seat is unrelated to the podcast you are listening to right now, but if you'd like to check it out, then I will put a link in the description of today's episode that you can use to listen to it. If you like this podcast, then I really think you will like The Third Seat as well, so I highly recommend you check it out. Next, I want to let you know of a few ways you can support the podcast. First, be sure to tell a friend if you enjoy the show. 
Word of mouth is not only a great way to help support the show, but it's also zero cost. Secondly, if you enjoyed today's episode, then be sure to leave a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Leaving a positive review is one of the best ways of not only supporting the show, but it also gives me direct feedback from you regarding how you feel about the show overall. I greatly appreciate if you decide to take the time to support the show in any of these ways. Finally, if you'd like to follow me or the show on social media, then feel free to check out the description of today's episode. Here you will find all affiliated and mentioned links, as well as how you can support the show online. As always, I want to thank you for tuning into and supporting the show. It really means a lot to me, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode as much as I enjoyed making it for you. But first, I'd like to take a moment to thank the sponsor of today's episode, Lucky to Know You Apparel. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever loved your friend so much that you just want to squeeze them until they explode? Well, this local Chattanooga-based clothing brand wants to portray that feeling into a community that appreciates the people in their lives. Today's sponsor, Lucky to Know You Apparel, is using fashion and feelings to bring people together, making them ecstatically say, can you believe we happen to exist at the same time? Check out their Instagram, at Lucky to Know You Apparel, and website, www.luckytoknowyou.com, to purchase your own apparel or gift one to a friend. Listeners of this podcast can use code FEELINGLUCKY for 15% off your next order. Again, that is code FEELINGLUCKY, spelled F-E-E-L-I-N-L-U-C-K-Y at checkout for 15% off your next order. And hey, if no one has told you today, we are lucky to know you. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. My name is Daniel Trinum. I will be your host for this episode as always. And I am really excited for today's episode. I have, uh, I guess this is like a, uh, a second part to a hopefully three-part series or so uh, with some people that I've been really excited to talk to. But um, my guest today is someone that I've really been looking forward to talking to. They are one of the co-owners of a business here in wonderful Chattanooga, Tennessee. Uh, I don't want to spoil too much about them, but... Really excited to chat with them today, hear a little bit about their story and what they have going on. So, Blaze, thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I am Blaze Green, and I am one of the co-owners of the Book and Cover in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Yeah. So, uh, and and that is how I came in just to know about you and what you all do. Um, and I, I probably shared this story with uh, with Emily when I first talked with her. But if I didn't, uh, then I'll share with you as well. But I will never forget. So the first time I ever walked in there, I was with my, uh, at the time, girlfriend, now fiance and soon to be wife. So we're I'm making sure I'm keeping all the, the terms correct in my head. Uh, but I remember, I mean, there wasn't, there's a couple bookstores in town. Uh, I know there's like, there's a, there's a store on Fraser Avenue, like in North shore, but there's not a ton of bookstores that I'm aware of at least. And whenever I heard that you all opened, I was like, Oh, I really want to go check this place out. And I remember walking in and then I, I, I looked at, her name was Abby. I looked at Abby. I said, Abby, this is like, this is like my favorite place. I was like, I'm, I'm so excited to come back here. I was like, this is everything. I told her, I was like, this, this has coffee. It has pastries. It has fun people. I was like, the owners seem like really cool people. It has, I was like, this is everything I could ever hope for in a bookstore as a visitor. Like, this is awesome. And so I remember telling myself at that day, I was like, I want to sit down and have a conversation with these people someday because they just seem like awesome. So I'm excited to well, finally you. do that today. That's, that was our goal is, <laughs> is to have this welcoming kind of third place. Yeah. Everybody has places that they spend all of their time, like work and at home. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's really important. We collectively think that it's really important to have third places mm -hmm. in your community. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, I remember we when we went there uh, the very first time. I mean, I at the time I wasn't reading a ton. I've definitely gotten a lot more into reading in the past year or so. But I would just, and I think I talked to Emily about this, but it seemed like you all had it segmented in different ways. Where like obviously you walk in, there's, uh, it's like it looks like an old sunroom kind of. Yeah. You walk in, there's that, and then there's the welcome counter where you all are at, and then there's just like the it, the the building is segmented in like these different areas, and like it felt like at least the first time I walked in, I was like exploring these different yeah. areas. I was like, oh, we're like right now we're in the cookbook section. Oh, what's this new room over here going to be like? Oh, this is the young adult section, and now we're going over here, and it was just it was unlike anything I had seen before because. Where I am originally come from, there is like no bookstores other than like a Goodwill, I guess, if you want to classify that yeah. as a bookstore and going in there for the first time, I was just really excited. So uh, it is definitely a pleasure to have you here today. And I'm excited to chat a little bit with what you got going on. So Thanks. yeah, there are some um, definite benefits and challenges with having a bookstore in a 1920s <laughs> home. It's an old house. Yeah. I th- well, okay. That's what I thought it was. It, it yeah. kind of looked like it. And I was in, I remember walking up to it and I was like, if this wasn't an old house, they did a really good job job of making it look like it was an old house. It's definitely an old house and our floors are all the original flooring Mm -hmm. and you can see where whoever built the home, it was originally like a really small area Mm -hmm. and then they added onto it and they they could have used it as kind of a duplex at Mm -hmm. that point. So yeah. I think it's really cool. I think honestly, it it adds a lot to it. I mean, it would be it would it would be great if it wasn't an old home. But I think the fact that you can kind of tell it's it it looks to be an old home, like you know, there's a story behind what it used to be, but now it's been turned into something uh, that has its own story as well. So I think it's great, and I, I just I could talk about it all day. I think it's awesome. So, uh, but but yeah, one thing I do want to ask you. So you are a owner of a bookstore. What are you currently reading at this very moment? I'm assuming you're reading something. Are you? I am reading something. Yeah. Um, I'm. Actually, reading two. I'm, I'm a two book kind of gal. I am, I am so as well. I'm as well. I've got a nonfiction and I've got a fiction going. Um, I'm reading an advanced copy of um, Homecoming by Kate Morton. Um, Kate writes a lot of mysteries. Um, she is, I believe, she's based in Australia, mm-hmm. and so there's a lot of Australian history in there. Mm-hmm. She usually does multiple timelines, and so I'm enjoying that. The other book that I'm reading. I can't remember the name is it's about the invention of the lie detector test. Really? And it is fascinating. That's cool. I'll have to check that one out. That sounds interesting to me. I, uh, it's, it's funny you say that I've been, (laughs) my fiance, Abby's been giving me a hard time because when I've, I've really kind of got into reading more, I didn't, I didn't read a ton growing up and I got more into it kind of towards the tail end of 2020 and at the time I was just like a one, I was like, okay, I'm going to read this book and then I'll finish it and I'll read the next book and then I'll read that book yeah. and then I'll go to the next one. And I would see things online. It's like, if you want to read more, you should just read more books while at the same time. And I was like, that doesn't, hasn't, like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. But now I'm like, I'm like generally, I know I just finished a book the other day, but like now I'm like a two or two to four book person at the same time. And I, it's, it's funny. Cause I found that it does make me read faster. Yeah. Cause like maybe I'll be reading book a and I'll get, I don't know, 40 pages through it. And I'm like, I think I've, I think I'm done for this book right now, but I'm like, wait a minute, I can open the other ones up that I haven't really cracked open yet and see what's going on with them. And for whatever reason, I find that I just kind of fly through them a lot quicker than, and not that, you know, finishing them is the goal necessarily, but I found that I go through them a lot quicker and enjoy them a lot more than I did if, you know, if I'm reading a book that 
maybe I don't necessarily want to read it right now. I can, I have something else I can read at the moment, you know? Yeah. I like to tell people that the reason that I love to read so much is that I am inherently a very nosy person. Mm -hmm. I want to know what's going on. I don't necessarily want to gossip about it Mm -hmm. or I just like to know what's going on. Mm -hmm. I'm a snooper. I was, I used to snoop through my grandparents' old things (laughs) and like they would find me in the attic and I'm just a a naturally curious person. So Mm -hmm. I want to know everyone's business. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit similar as well. Uh, I, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm definitely, I'm known to be an individual who like, I'll have a random fact about something that isn't really useful for anything at the moment or doesn't really pertain to yeah. anything. But like there, there've been multiple times I've been at work and someone, you know, will say something I'll be like, Oh, by the way, did you know that this thing was invented on this day back on, you know, at this time, or actually this thing occurred on this day. And, th- and they're like, why do you, why do you know that? Or what, like, that's why, how do you know that? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I heard the, the one thing that they learned that I learned was, uh, this wasn't even relative to a book, but it gets the point. I was, uh, I was challenged by someone to go down a rabbit hole one day on the end. I was like, I want you to just do it and see what I was like. Okay. And I've, I discovered how, uh, you know, like the story about like McDonald's ice cream machines, how they're always broken. I found out like why that happens, how it happens. And like, why it continues to be a thing. And so like, that's my little like fun fact. If anybody's like, yeah, tell me something about yourself. I'm like, well, I know the history of McDonald's ice cream machines and I can tell you why they break down all the time. And, uh, yeah, if they'd like to know more, I can tell you. And they're like, what, why do you know that? Exactly. (laughs) I'm about to be an expert in the lie detector test. Yeah. So So what, what have you learned about it so far? Um, just that it kind of was born out of a desire to, not only stop crime, mm-hmm. but to understand why people committed the crimes mm-hmm. that they committed. And it kind of was a sideshow, like a traveling it was like show. A, really? Like this, I mean, it was in the like, early 1900s okay. in San Francisco, which was just riddled with crime at the time. Mm-hmm. And all of the, there was no like big police force. Mm-hmm. It was kind of you know, yeah. hey, Jim next door, <laughs> do you have a gun on you? There's a problem down here at the creek. Okay, so there's just, it's mayhem. Yeah. yeah. And so they're trying to get law enforcement going. And then you've got this guy who, he stood on science. He said it was scientific. Yeah. But what was science in the early yeah. 1900s? Yeah. And it was just really interesting that they kind of, took it on the road mm-hmm. to like show people like you hear about traveling salesmen. Yeah. It was like that, but it was them going down the road and like asking people <laughs> questions and measuring how their body reacted. See, to in it. my head, I have it. I'm thinking of like, like PT Barnum, like the circus, like right. they're going, they're like pulling up into town and be like, come and, you know, tell me, like, see if I can tell you if you're a liar or not. <laughs> yeah. It's been really fascinating. So That's far. funny. That's funny. I, uh, so I literally just at the time of this recording, just yesterday finished, uh, did you ever read, ever read educated by Tara Westover? So I had heard about that book many, many times and like it's for good reason, but for whatever reason I hadn't like actively sought it out. And one day I just randomly saw it at the thrift store and I was like, Oh, there's that book with the pencil on the cover. And I was like, okay, let me get it for, you know, two or three bucks. Like why not? And I picked it up and I, I have I've, I've read a couple memoirs before, but never been like, maybe I'm just reading the wrong memoirs. I don't know, but I've never been like thrilled by memoir, but like I could not put this one down. Like I genuinely, I was reading it the other day and I had like 130 pages until I was finished. And I was like, I'm going to finish this right now. I was it's like, shock- I have to. It's shocking it, yeah. because all cult behavior is shocking. Yeah. 
I really, after I read Educated, I kind of fell into a cult rabbit hole yeah. with books and memoirs. And there are so many stories I'm out sure there. there are. Yeah. So many stories. Yeah. yeah. I, I was just blown away. And the, the fact that it, it, for one, it was just very interesting. But then, you know, you read about she didn't step into a classroom until she was almost 18. And like now she's like an incredibly accomplished. I mean, she's. I guess if you do the math, she's probably in her thirties now. I think she finished like when at the conclusion of the book, she mentioned herself being like 28 or 27, something like that. So she's probably in her thirties, I guess. But like the amount of academic leaps she took in such a short amount of time was just astounding to me. I mean, I just, I, it was, it was crazy to me. I just, I couldn't, every time I would read it, I'll be like, am I sure this is not a fictional story? Right. Like, I would she's be like, like is this? <laughs> risking her life to get an education. And yeah. I'm like, Man, at her age, yeah. I was just trying to go get off campus and go to sauna. <laughs> you know, like I just wanted a fresh strawberry slush and not to be at school. My, my it, I'm assuming she hears this, but if my fiance hears this, she's going to really like that part. She loves Sonic. She'll like, it'll be just any random day and she'll be like, can we please, please go to Sonic? And I'm like, what, what do you, what do you want now? She's like, I just really want just a, a strawberry vanilla water or something like that. I'm like, what? There's a lot of nostalgia to Sonic. I don't know if this was how Sonic was when you were growing up, but my family, we called it Special Place. And I'm the oldest of five kids. And my mom. Okay. My mom would just load up her big old expedition of all the kids. We'd pull into Sonic because they didn't have a drive through at the time. Mm -hmm. She would just open the trunk and we'd put all the seats down Mm -hmm. and we would just sit and eat. Yeah all of our hot dogs yeah yeah no sonic i mean so in my hometown we had a sonic for a while we don't it's now been converted to a coffee shop i believe which is kind of funny like you you can still the the bones of of sonic are still there so you're like you can see what it used to be that's a pretty cool concept for a a local coffee shop it's cool like it it, once it wasn't sonic it like kind of bounced around a couple different businesses and now it's like i'm glad it's it's a local coffee shop but you drive up to it and you're like that looks like it used to be something else that i recognize but anyways it was it was definitely like the spot people would go to like after a football game or something like everybody would pack up and either go home or they're going to the Sonic, you know, and that's what yeah. they would do. And they get ice cream and stuff and hang out there. And th- it does kind of have that like old timey, I guess like 80 or I don't know what, whatever decade, but like, you know, like the roller skates and like people kind of come up to you. Like it, it feels like an old timey yeah. little, little no restaurant. Cell phones. So, yeah. I mean, we were just sitting in the back entertaining ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, my, my mom also had an expedition, so that's I very much resonate with your story there. Um, so one thing I did want to ask you, and so h- how long now have you all been official at this time of the recording? Have you been op- operating the book and cover? I am not great at the maths, but <laughs> we celebrated one year in November. So we opened November 4th of 21. So you're almost coming up. I mean, not entirely, but you're, this year will be we're on, two years. I think we're on the later half. Yeah. We're getting closer to the two-year mark. So, so now that you're, you know, right now where you're at, what are your just feelings and thoughts on it all? And just looking back at the last roughly year and a half or so, what are your thoughts on where you're at now and what it's been like for you? We have learned so <laughs> much. It I got the was, same response I mean, from we have just been drinking out of a fire hose <laughs> since 2020. That's one of the best, best like analogies. I, I mean, yeah. it is. It is. Uh, if you, the visual of us just... We started this out of an idea that was born on a front porch in a conversation. Mm -hmm. And it went from a conversation to a Google Doc within a week. And then it went to 
wouldn't this be the perfect spot mm -hmm. for this dream that we're just Google docking about? Like, I mean, it's like a Pinterest board, yeah. you know, like yeah. we're just like, this would be so cool. Yeah. And maybe we've had a couple too many glasses of wine, <laughs> but then it turned into a real conversation with a real potential investor mm -hmm. who wanted to purchase the property and mm -hmm. become our landlords. Yeah. And we were like, okay, how do we actually go forward? Now you're, so, like, you're, you're like in it now. So yeah. then at that moment when we had somebody who was going to like walk with us mm -hmm. on that part of it, we were like, okay, this is serious. Mm -hmm. Like we have got to get our hands on accounting for dummies. Mm -hmm. We have got <laughs> to call other booksellers and, that have demographics similar to us yeah. in Chattanooga. And I mean, we were just like every week we had planned out like we're going to zoom with this bookseller here. Um, Sarah's going to, you know, read this binder full of information yeah. cover to cover before she passes it <laughs> off to us. It's just been wild. Yeah. We've settled a little bit, I think, but we're still learning new things every single day. Um, we have a wonderful team of employees that are like just, they just save us all the time because we are, we're just entrenched in, you know, how do we get more authors to Chattanooga and how do we get more voices mm -hmm. to Chattanooga and what books do we need to have on these shelves? And then we have these wonderful booksellers who are in the shop that are getting to actually talk and interact with mm -hmm. our customers. And that's really powerful. Did you, did you ever have moments like, you know, so you have like, you all where it's, it's just a Google doc and like the time when you actually open the doors, do you ever have like moments in between that where you're like, are we actually about to do this? Like, or where, you know, you were, you were still kind of like accepting the fact that we're actually going forward with this idea. Did you ever moments like that? I did. I, I can't <laughs> speak for Emily and Sarah, but I am married and a mother of three. And I also have a job outside of this dream. Yeah. And my job is important for my family mm -hmm. to carry on. Yeah. And yeah. so there were a couple of points where I was like, are we doing this? Yeah. Like, is my family going to like jump in with me mm -hmm. on this? Because I could not like do any of that if yeah. they weren't on board. It took up so there was a whole year there. I mean, I'm, I'm a lot better and more balanced now, but there was a whole year there where I was like, I cannot do any other things mm -hmm. besides grow this baby of a bookstore yeah. and then come home and take care of my kids. And like, there was no more brain capacity for yeah. anything else. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the, I've, I've talked to a lot of different people, you know, a lot of different personalities, but whenever I talk with anybody that is any kind of business owner in any way, whether it be small business or, you know, large or whatever, like that is the resounding sentiment. It's like, especially in the early days is it's like, you, like you said, you're, it's almost like you're raising a child, yeah. you know, and I don't necessarily have any, I mean, I've never owned a business. So I'm not going to sit here and act like I know what it's like, but I can imagine, you know, I can, it, the, it is as involved as having a newborn. It yeah. is as needy as a newborn. There is nothing independent yeah. <laughs> about that shop until it kind of gets its feet under it. So do you, do you feel like now, I mean, again, you're a year and a half roughly or so removed from the beginning. Do you feel now like you're at a, you're at a place now where you're starting to find a better groove for just you personally as oh, a, yes. as an individual and as a business owner as well? Like you're starting to kind of really own the fact that like you are the co-owner of this store. Does it still feel like you're kind of, I mean, obviously you're going to learn a lot as you go and right. that's a given, but are you starting to feel more like you're accepting this role that you've found yourself in? I think so. Yeah. And, um, we celebrated, 
our one year in November. Mm-hmm. In October, I kind of hit a breaking point personally yeah. for myself where I was like, I can no longer continue mm-hmm. to exist the way that I have been existing. I mean, it was really, really... I wouldn't say that I was like on the verge of like needing mm-hmm. to be like checked in anywhere, but yeah. I really was, I was exhausted all the time mm-hmm. and I felt like I just could not like, I don't know, get my feet underneath me. Mm-hmm. And so in October I made some really big like personal life changes yeah. for myself and reprioritized and like really laid out where am I going to spend my time? Because mm-hmm. that is what is most powerful in this situation. Yeah. And I've just felt like a whole new person. Yeah, no, I, so I can tell you, I know our experiences are going to be very different for a lot of different reasons, but, um, this show, I mean, I've talked about it a lot, obviously, and this is kind of my first ever, although this is not a business this is the first thing I've ever really like created. Like, yeah. you know, it, it's like I had an idea for something and I wanted to turn it into reality and now it's a thing and now I'm doing this and yeah. now I'm like, Oh, this is just part of my schedule now. And like, I've even talked about it a little bit on the show, like, I would be lying if I said there were not days where I'm like, I can't like, why did I, why did I think this was going to be a great idea? Like, I don't like now I got to book interviews with people all the time and like think of new things to talk about and try to keep it refreshing. And there were definitely days where I was like, this is just not worth it. Like, I'm just going to, you know, toss it and like, it'll, it'll, it'll be by the wayside after a month or two and it'll be whatever. It'll be a fun little experience I had. And that's, you know, that's it. But something I've really learned is any kind of creative endeavor, whether it's something as small as this, or you're starting a business, whatever, is that one, there's going to be those ups and downs. Like that's going to be a given. And it's going to be unlike anything before, because similar to you, like with your business, like this, you have skin in the game. Like this is all, this is your business that you have helped create. This is my show that like, it's entirely upon my shoulders to do it. And no one else is going to do it for me. And you know, large, I mean, you have obviously have employees and you have your other two co-founders, but like it's on your all shoulders to do it. So like there's a legitimate uh, pressure to kind of perform, but at the same time, I found it to be incredibly gratifying when things go the way, like you, you plan to do something and it happens the way you hope it does. And, or maybe it exceeds your expectations. Like that is the best part of it for me. And I'm, I'm in a similar place where there were times where I would do this. I was like, what, what, what's the purpose? Like, why am I even doing this? Why did I jump into this and decide to do this in the first place? But now I definitely feel like I'm in a much clearer position of where I want to take it and what I hope to do. And I feel the same energy. It's like, yeah, now I'm excited to do these interviews and sit down and have these conversations because that makes it a lot easier to do, at least for me, you know, I'm really, really lucky. And I don't know that many people feel the way that I feel about my business partners. We work so well together. We work so hard together and we we'll talk about something and a decision that we're going to make for the shop until we have like talked it to death Mm -hmm. until we've decided on something that makes all of us feel really good and proud of the decision and that it's going to benefit the shop and the community Mm -hmm. because that is our major goal is Mm -hmm. that the community, you know, benefits from us existing. Mm -hmm. They birthed this Mm-hmm. bookshop baby into yeah. the world. It, this bookshop is a hundred percent community funded mm-hmm. and we want to make sure that we are living up to that mm-hmm. expectation. Yeah. 
So on that note, uh, I, you may remember this, but you may not because I'm sure it was a very crazy and busy time for you. Uh, I remember, so like I said, I, for whatever reason, just the first time I ever came in there really struck me. Uh, I remember walking in, I think it was maybe opening day. If it wasn't opening day, it was like a day or two after opening day. And you all were obviously still like celebrating the opening of the shop. And I remember walking in and, you know, it's not a huge building by any means, but like there was like people shoulder to shoulder in there. And I was like, whoa, like I was walking around like, I'm kind of like, you know, side shuffling past people and trying to like figure out what's in here and what's in there. And do you remember anything from that time or is it all just like a whirlwind at this point? So we opened on November 4th and I ran the New York marathon. You ran a marathon? I ran the New York City marathon. Okay. I'm going to have to ask you about that here in just a second. We we opened on the 4th, which was a Thursday. I flew out at like 5 a.m. on Friday (laughs) and got into New York City and got all my race stuff Mm -hmm. and I ran a marathon on Sunday. And so I missed our first full two days. Like I was there for our opening. It was so wonderful and exciting. Mm -hmm. And then I was out of there. Like Mm -hmm. it was a crazy, crazy busy weekend. I can imagine, yeah. So I don't remember the same things that other people remember <laughs> of that weekend. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you told me that now because now I'm, I have a whole other thing I didn't wasn't even aware of. So I, at, at the time of this recording, uh, actually, last week, did the half marathon here in Chattanooga. Oh, nice. And that was my first ever, aside from a 5K I did back September of last year, first ever race I ever did. Did like, you like it? I loved it. Like I, I, I can't, I never... Half marathon... The half marathon distance is my favorite. It's where I feel like I can like truly just like let go. Yeah. And full marathon is hard on my body. Yeah. But I, yeah. St- I, I can't say no to a major mm-hmm. of a full marathon. If I have the opportunity, mm-hmm. I will just go out there and like walk it. If I yeah. To. Yeah. Well, it's funny now because at, at least at this very moment, like I'm a, I'm a week removed from, you know, the half marathon and that was the first ever real kind of involved or like we did training for it and prepared for it and everything. And I told my mom, like, if you had asked me a week before the race, if I wanted to do a full marathon, I would have said, no, you would have to pay me a lot of money to even, cause I'm, I told, I told my fiance, I was like, I'm, I'm more sick of just training all the time. Like I'm sick of dedicating my Sundays to long runs. Like this is just not what I I'm enjoying doing, but man, I had a great time. Like that was just so something about it. It was, I mean, the weather was fantastic, which that definitely adds to it. Like if it was like it is today, I don't know if I would have enjoyed it as much, but I, I get it now. Like I get the, I get the, what it is about people like the running community. Like I get what it is, why people are so, so involved in it and get so excited about it. Cause we, I had a great time. I had so much fun. And now I'm at the point where I'm like, I kind of want to, I'm like, I kind of, I kind of want to do a marathon. Well, now. let me pitch a shorter <clears throat> distance to you yeah. because on, I think it's, well, it's on Memorial day Yeah. in our neighborhood where the bookshop is at Riverview park yeah. is the Chattanooga chase. And it is the oldest race in Chattanooga. I, yeah. I've heard about that actually. Yeah. yeah. And it is, it is a challenging one. There's a lot of Hills, but it's so fun. And it's like a big celebration down yeah. there. The whole park is like, there's vendors yeah. and it's a really is it fun a, time. Is it like a half marathon or what is it? Um, I think that it's a six K or a 10 K. Yeah. And then there's a one mile option also. Gotcha. Gotcha. But so you ran the New York marathon. Yes. So is, is that a race you can just like sign up for, or do you have to like qualify for it or something like that? Um, I ran it, um, as a charity slot mm-hmm. originally. So yeah. I raised money for the Crohn's and colitis foundation of America. I have Crohn's disease. Oh, okay. And so I raised money and got a charity spot to run it. Oh, and then cool. I'm running it next November because I got a virtual marathon spot. So I ran, this is going to sound, I'm, <laughs> 
This is going to sound completely unhinged. <laughs> no, I want to hear it. <laughs> okay, so I I'm ran excited. it in 2021 with my charity spot. Mm-hmm. I got a virtual spot last year. Mm-hmm. So I ran it in 2022 in Chickamauga, Georgia at the ba- at the battlefield. So so you weren't like on a treadmill or something. You were yeah. like you were like actually physically running, but it was yes. a virtual. Okay. Yes. So I ran that. That was really fun. I had different people come and run different portions of it with me. It was a really fun time. Um, it was the slowest marathon I've ever done <laughs> because like what's it didn't matter. There's no cutoff. Yeah. And so I was just like, yeah. There's no rush. Well, also, it's, dif- it's a different. You know. Yeah. You, like, you think of New York, uh, at least a marathon. Like you're going to be surrounded by people, right. especially in New York. Like there's just. T- I'm imagining you're just. There's tons of buildings. It's so, and, like you're in Chickamauga. It's a much different experience. Yes. So different. Like, I'm sorry, but the battlefield is not cheering for me the same way that like the Bronx <laughs> is cheering for me. So I did that to get a virtual. My virtual one gave me a guaranteed spot for the one coming up in November. Mm-hmm. So I'm really, really excited to run in November and not have to raise money. That yeah. was a fun experience. That was a lot of work after yeah. fundraising a bookstore. Yeah. You've done a lot of fundraising. Uh, fundraising <laughs> a bookstore and a marathon in the same year was not a smart idea. But <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, it's, it's funny. Somebody asked me today. They were like, so you're a week removed now from the race. Like, how are you feeling? Like, are you are you like on the, are you going to like do the next steps? And I was like, I'm kind of, I'm kind of leaning towards wanting to do it. Like okay, well, I kind of want to, I'll just let you know this. that the half marathon is the gateway to the marathon. The marathon is the gateway to the Ironman. Yeah. And that's the thing I'm like, see, if you had asked me, if you had asked me last year, even it's around pi- the time, it's a pipeline I know, and, and I've the, done it. That's the thing. <laughs> like if you had asked me last year, I grew up playing basketball. And so I hated running because running to me was sprinting and I hated sprinting. It was a punishment. You, yeah. You go, yeah. It was a punishment. You go down and you go back and you go down and you go back. And I hated it and I couldn't stand it. I hated the idea of running and I never understood people that like just ran for fun because those two things were not equal in my mind. And I did a 5k and I was like, Oh, that was kind of like, it was a work sponsored event. I was like, Oh, that was fun. Whatever. Like we had a good time. You know, it was, it was, it was relaxed and whatever. And if you'd asked me then, Oh, do you want to run a half marathon? I was like, heck no. Like I'm not running 13 miles. Who do you think I am? And now it's like, if you ask me, Oh, do you want to run a marathon? It's like, I'm kind of opening up to the idea, but at this moment, I'm like, I would never do an Iron Man though. But I have a feeling like there's a small part of me. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay, what if you did a half? And I'm like, man, I just, I'm, I can, I can very much see myself becoming this person, you know, which isn't a bad thing. Like, you know, it's not a bad thing. Um, but it's, it's just, it's funny how this happens. And so I'm, I'm excited to hear that now. I've been talking to people about it all week long. Like now I'm, I'm the runner guy, I guess, you know, so, uh, I'm definitely excited at least right now to not have to do a long run Sundays after, you know, after everything, when I could just be hanging out and, you know, doing other things. So, um, that's funny. That's funny. Uh, I definitely would love to do, do one of those big, big runs though as well. One day, like New York marathon. It's a different kind of excitement. I've done Chicago. Um, Chicago is also really fun. Yeah. And you get to go through all of the different boroughs of Chicago, which was so fun. That was the first time I'd ever been to Chicago and I got to see it on foot. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, were they, they have like the roads blocked off and stuff. That was one of my favorite parts. I felt like I was getting like an, like a security. I mean, I was, I guess, but like I felt so special. Like we had the whole road open to ourselves and I was like, I'm an important person today. Like I get to have the whole road to myself. You know, it was just, I was having fun because normally you're confined to like a sidewalk and you're kind of like dodging poles and people and stuff. So in New York, they close off the whole road, which is, it's a big like city block road. Yeah. But the crowds are so big. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. That like, you have, there's like, 
there's a sidewalk space yeah. for you to run through. And a lot of the areas, um, Brooklyn yeah. is like a big party the yeah. whole day. They're out there in the streets, like 10, 15 deep, yeah. lined up to cheer. Yeah. They're drinking. It's it's so fun. That's hilarious. The, the the thing that got me, and I was just laughing at it the whole time because it was multiple ones. The, the first really big hill that we ran, it was kind of over near the art district, like behind the aquarium. We were going up that big hill is someone was standing at the bottom and they just had this little sign and it said, this is not a hill. And they were just holding it up. And I was like, that just made me laugh. Like I was like, that's, a, that's the, that's the side I need right in my life right now. Um, so that's funny. That's, that's great. I'm, I'm a, yeah, I'm definitely at the point now where I'm like, I think I kind of want to do a marathon. I don't know if, I don't know if my knees want to do a marathon, but I kind of want to, you know? So I think that I would try not to overtrain. That would be my only advice. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of, I'm, that's what I've been, I've been looking at. Different, like if like, you're not trying to break a record. No, no, no certainly just not. Just train yeah. just enough yeah. to get you to the finish well, line. Well, that was my attitude with this. Like I had a, I had a time frame. I was like, I want to try to finish by this time, but like, I'm not, I'm not trying to qualify for anything. I was like, I'm just going to, you know, do it to have fun. And we finished exactly when we wanted to finish. Like we were aiming for two and a half hours. We literally crossed the finish on like two hours, 30 minutes and 10 seconds. Yeah, and it was, we'll, it was hilarious. We'll call it gentle marathon. Yeah. <laughs> Just squeaking in right yes. at the last, right before they close up shop. Yeah. So that's funny. Um, it was, it was funny. One of the, one of the guys I work with did the full marathon and that was their first time ever doing it. And after the fact, I asked him at work the next day, I was like, so like, how are you feeling? And he was like, I'm feeling good, but I'm also definitely feeling it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm definitely feeling it in my knees. Um, that's great. I'm glad. I'm glad you. I'm glad you mentioned that because I would not have thought to ask you about that. Um, <clears throat> something I do want to ask you about, and I this is a totally different note, uh, but it's something I see you all talk about it a lot, at least on your like social media page. And something I've, I think uh, we all of us in the first like first world know this to be true, but I don't hear it like kind of broken down a little bit. But the the impact that companies, well, specifically like Amazon. Okay. Companies like that, like the impact that they have on smaller independent bookstores. I know it's talked about a lot. Like obviously Amazon is known for like, you know, normally an item is sold at 20 bucks and you can get it for $12 on Amazon, whatever. And like, they obviously serve a purpose, but like there's many, 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 like a lot of documented evidence that like they will routinely slash down prices of something just to run other people out of business. And so I see you all talk about it a lot as well. Like when you are purchasing from, and not, it doesn't even necessarily have to be a bookstore, but also obviously bookstores, like when you purchase from an independent bookstore, independent, whatever store, you're doing more than just buying a product and then leaving. Do you care to just kind of, from your perspective, like what is that actually like on your end of things to kind of be dealing with that dynamic? Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, Amazon is a really tricky, tricky problem mm -hmm. in the book selling world. Um, I think, I think that you walk a fine line of making products accessible mm -hmm. to people. Um, and then actually, you know, putting the money back where it's supposed to go. Mm -hmm. So in book selling, in independent book selling, we're buying a product from the publisher, directly from the publisher, and we are not allowed to change the price mm -hmm. that's printed on the book. Yeah. That is the price of the book. Mm -hmm. If you go on Amazon, they're selling the book for less. Yeah, usually not that. They're selling yeah. the book for less than what they paid for it mm -hmm. wholesale. Mm -hmm. So how does, how does anybody, how can anyone beat that? Like yeah. 
they're paying, they're selling it for less than what they paid for mm -hmm. to just sell it. Yeah. Like they're not making money off of that sale. Yeah. Um, in the digital world of Amazon, that's a whole nother space. In the publishing world of Amazon, mm -hmm. that's a, and a whole nother conversation. Um, I just think that there are other choices for people who want to look for other choices, mm -hmm. that there are other choices than Amazon. Yeah. Um, it's so, so one on, on that note, uh, and obviously like I'm privileged in the fact that I can physically go to your all's bookstore and pick out a book and purchase it if I want to, uh, something I wasn't aware of. And I think I talked with Emily about this a little bit. I, I'm forgetting the name off the top of my head, but there's some kind of website that like if some, for instance, if someone wanted to buy book a from you all, but you all did not physically have it, or maybe you did, but they, they couldn't come to the store to, to physically walk in and get it. There's some website that like partners with bookstores and you can yes. buy them. On, do you know, you know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. It's okay. bookshop.org. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Um, it partners with indie bookstores all over the country. Mm -hmm. um, I think that they are actually expanding into the UK and maybe other, I don't know, another, another country. Yeah. Um, but they give back the proceeds of the purchases to mm -hmm. the bookshops. They do that by actually giving you a percentage of the sale that you've just made. And then at the end of the year, they've got a pot of money that they take and they distribute that back oh, really? into the indie bookstores. I didn't know that. Yeah. So it's a really, really, really cool symbiotic relationship between bookshop.org and indie bookstores because yeah. we're promoting their platform yeah. where you can go order a book for a price that's very comparable to Amazon's mm -hmm. and they're giving money back into these community shops. Yeah. Well, I think that's like, and, and that's part of, you know, I wasn't a, like, I wasn't aware of that until I'd spoken with Emily about it the first time I think. And I think that's, I'm assuming I'm making an assumption here, but I think that that might be kind of like the hiccup for a lot of people is like, Oh, I'd love to support this business, but like, I can't, I can't go to it. Like if, you know, if someone doesn't live in Chattanooga, it's like, I can't, you know, drive across the country or fly over there just to go pick up a book and then go back home. But that provides a much better alternative, yeah. at least in my eyes, you know, because then it's like, Oh, well, I can, it's the same process. Like you're just on going online and selecting the book and checking it out and it'll yeah. show up at your doorstep in however many days. You and know, I think that if you think about Amazon too long, that yeah. you can really bury yourself in feeling like you can't succeed because we can't compete with Amazon. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're not competing with no, Amazon. No, that's not the point. No. We're not. And no. so Emily and Sarah and I have to remind ourselves a lot that the customers that we have mm -hmm. are coming to the shop because of partially because of the atmosphere mm -hmm. that we've created. Yeah. Like you can come into our shop and you don't have to buy anything. Mm -hmm. Come please and sit at our table mm -hmm. and set up and hang out and experience this place. Mm -hmm. Like that that is something that you're not going to get at Amazon. Mm -hmm. So we're not yeah. competing with them. Yeah, no, no. And and I think something definitely like you all have that definitely, you know, obviously compared to Amazon, but also a lot of other places is, you know, depending on the day, obviously things will change, but like you all are there. Like, it's not like you all created this business and you were like, all right, cool. See you later. See you later. We'll be here on Mondays and that's it. And yeah. we'll be, you know, like you all are there. You're, you're there like you know, reshelving the books or you're there checking someone out or like what, whatever it is that you do around the shop, like you all are there. I've, I've only been there 
one time I can think of where I didn't see anybody. And that was because it was one around lunchtime and I was only there for like five minutes. Like I literally came in and I knew what I wanted and I grabbed it and go. And like, yeah. it was just one of the other employees was there at the front desk, but like you all are there. Like I was there yesterday yeah. three different times yeah. for a significant amount of time. And I was like, why did I, <clears throat> by the time I came back the third time, I was like, why have I gone back and forth? Like, yeah. why haven't I just sat here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that at least to me, like that resonates with people because I know I want to like, whenever I can, like I want to support businesses that I like, and especially if they're local, like I know that that stimulates the local economy and it helps, you know, other people that I know in my community to live their lives in a, in a good way. But it's not like you're just a faceless name or something like that, that built this business. And now you've just kind of booked it off to, you know, wherever, like you're there physically showing face and interacting with the community, you know, when you can, which I think that's really cool. I think it's a great thing. I think it's really cool that the three of us feel as excited, as relaxed, as just, you know, pleased as punch with this place as anyone else that walks in. Like I will walk in when I leave here, I'm going to go take care of the plants Mm -hmm. and just being in this space for like 15 minutes is enough to just reset, mm-hmm. reset me. Yeah. Do, do Whenever you walk in, sometimes do you ever forget that you're like the owner of the place or are you just like, oh, this place is like, does that make sense? You know, like Sarah and Emily and I will text each other a lot and be like, can you believe it? <laughs> can you believe it? You're waiting for Ash. Like, is it I can, I can, I can, pranked? yeah. Like, you're waiting for him to like, jump up, of, be like, ah, yeah. gotcha. One you know? of us will be like, oh no, did you see that email? Remember we are in charge. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that, I think that you all have that strength about at least specifically with you. And I think that's a a big deal with, with, you know, independent businesses is the fact that you are physically there. Like I can go there and be like, Oh, this is not only a bookstore, but like I see the people that are making it happen. Like I'm interacting with them face to face like right now. You know, I think it's really cool to have access to your booksellers because they're the ones that are making the choices mm-hmm. on what's going on the shelves and they want to know what you want to see mm-hmm. on those shelves yeah. because they're as much yours as they are ours. Yeah. We want to make sure that people come in the store and they feel represented mm-hmm. when they're, you know, they feel represented on the shelves mm-hmm. that you see a book on our shelf that resonates with you. Yeah. And if you don't, we need to know. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and speaking of, uh, speaking of books that resonate with people. Uh, so I have real, I've come to realize I spoke with Emily about this. Whenever I first kind of really got into reading, I was, I had this attitude. I was like, for one, I can only, I felt like I could only read one book at a time, but I was very much, very, very much into nonfictions for whatever reason. I was like, I have to read nonfictions. Like fictions are this for children. Ser- yeah. This is serious I was, literature. Yeah. I was like, I'm an adult. I have to read about these things. And if I don't like it, then whatever, you know, I was like, whatever. And, uh, it was funny what kind of got me out of that, like no shade to nonfictions. If you're listening and read nonfictions and do that. Uh, but one of my, it's a, a guy I go to church with back in my hometown. He wrote a book and I was like, oh, I'll read it. Like it's his book. I'll read it. And it was like basically a young adult, like fiction book. And I loved it. It was great. I was like, why am I not reading more books like this? Like this is so much more fun than reading about whatever I was reading before that. And so, um, I have found for me personally, I love like historical fiction thrillers for whatever reason. Those are like my, like if I read one of those, I'm like, I know I, I'm not gonna be able to put it down. Like those, that's like the thing I've discovered about myself. Do you have like a genre or an artist or a kind of book that like, you know, that if you're going to open this one, like it's going to be one you're going to be flipping through 
you just can't put it down? I am known as our emotional reader. Um, I like a book that is a little bit devastating. Okay. Um, emotionally devastating that has a really strong, strongly built character that you can fall in love with who can then be ripped away from you. So were you... So like a contemporary fiction, yeah. but I need there to be some serious trauma in it. Yeah. Okay. So this is going to, this is going <laughs> to, I'm, I'm still relatively new to like the books. Like I'm not like that super well known, but like this is, this is going to show my like very norminess about me, but were you like a big Fault in Our Stars fan? Like, was that like your um, bread and butter? Or no, was it, okay, you it was not. I wasn't um, sure. I am. That's like the first thing that comes to my mind when I think of like someone, spoiler alert for a book that's been out for yeah. however many years now. Sorry, but. Or um, like a walk to remember. Yeah. No, yeah. I not. I love I love romance. I love yeah. romance for totally different reasons mm-hmm. than why I read like general fiction. Yeah. Um, I would say like A Little Life is a book that was like a touchstone for me yeah. as far as like emotional reads. Mm-hmm. That book was wonderful. Um, I also like a, a thriller that's a little bit. Um, Do you like Thriller, the song also? Um, it's fine. <laughs> no, but like thrillers are really fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, I really will read absolutely anything though. Really? Yes. It does. It doesn't matter. I like fantasy. I like romance. I, I just devour books. So speaking of, of things, so you said you will read anything. I did have something I want to ask you and I think I asked Emily this and I'm, I think I did, but I want to ask you, do you have any like hot takes like I will not read this book though or like I read this book everybody loves it and I cannot stand it or do you have like a a book that's like a classic but you just don't understand it or anything like that does that make sense there are some authors that I struggle to understand Mm -hmm. more than others but I don't hold grudges Mm -hmm. against a book like I'm really hard um I use a app called Storygraph okay. to track my reading. And Storygraph is kind of the alternative to Goodreads. Goodreads okay. is owned by Amazon. Oh, I didn't so know So Storygraph is independently owned, operated. Um, it was started by a, a black woman. And it's a really great alternative. Yeah. It gives you some really good data okay. about your reading. Well, I'll have to check that out. I didn't, I didn't know about that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I always over-rank something. Yeah. Like I'm going oh, I'm I'm to lean in. Mm-hmm more to the four and five stars. Even if, if I really don't like something then it's going to get three, Yeah, like yeah. I'm just not going to give anything one or two stars because yeah. somebody spent maybe years yeah. creating this thing. And maybe I read it at the wrong time yeah. or maybe <laughs> I read it at the wrong, like I, I just didn't get it, yeah. you know, and maybe yeah. I need to come back to it. So yeah. I'm just not going to hold a grudge on it. Yeah. Book. No, I'm the same way. Like I realized I, I recently finished a book by, you know, you know, Michael Lewis. Yeah. So I recently finished one of his books and like, I've read books by him before and, um, it was, uh, what was it? It was Liar's Poker. Have you ever read Liar's Poker? So it's, it's one of his older, I think it was, he wrote it in like in the nineties and I found it at their store and I was like, Oh, I like Michael Lewis. I'll read it. And like, I came away from it. I didn't love it. Like it, I didn't, I didn't hate it either. And I just kind of read it and I was like, okay, that was, that was good. And I read it and I was like four and a half out of five stars. And I was like, I just don't want to be that person. That's like, Oh, this book is t-. like, well, also I mean, I'm just, I don't, I'm I don't know if like, you've experienced this. Um, <clears throat> but we do book clubs at the bookshop. Um, right now we have 10 different offerings for the month of March and sometimes I will not rank something (laughs) 
until after I've gotten to talk about it. Yeah. Because sitting around and talking to other readers about I'm sure. a book yeah. that you didn't like mm-hmm. and being able to maybe say like, I didn't like it because of this, mm-hmm. or I didn't like when this happened and that threw me off and to get somebody else's take on it. Yeah. And then you can be like, huh? Yeah. I see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that could change my whole perspective on a book. Oh yeah. And that's why I feel like, indie bookstores are so important because there's not very many spaces in the world where you can be standing and browsing a shelf Mm -hmm. and overhear a conversation next to you and somebody's recommending a book that you've read before Mm -hmm. and you are invited into that conversation. Yeah. Like that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I definitely agree. Um, it's funny you say what you were saying about like hearing somebody else's perspective on a book and it kind of changes yours. So I recently had kind of a similar experience. So last year at some point, uh, I I came into a used copy of Crime and Punishment. And I was like, I wanted to read it at some point because I was like, I've heard about this book and it's a big old Russian book. And I'm like, I'm just going to read it and see what happens, you know. And that was my Anna Karenina. Okay. So what is what? what is, I'm sorry, I, just, I don't know what that uh, means. It's, it's also Tolstoy. And Anna Karenina is like this big oh, honking really? book. Really? So you're that's... Yeah, my your crime and punishment yeah. is my Anna Karenina. Gotcha. Where I was like, yeah, this is a challenge, and yeah. I accept it. Well, that was my thing. Like I even told, I even told my fiance, I was like, my New Year's resolution. I know we'll crawl, I will do this is to finish this book. And I was like, it's not going to take me the whole year to do this, but I'm going to do it. I was like, I'm I'm going to make it seem like it's a much bigger. So, anyways, and I was like, this is you know, I was like, this is the like people talk about this all the time, and and I read it and I finished it, and I was like. I finished it and I was like, so what do I like? This is like a classic. Like this is like the, you know, this is like his book. Like people, people do courses on this, on this book. And I was just kind of like, it's okay. I was like, what, what do I do now? So I was like, okay, maybe I need to like see what other people think Let's about see it. See what they're saying on Reddit. Yeah, that's what I was like. I was like, <laughs> what do I need to? I don't know what to think about this. Like, there's so much going on. And, and I was reading. You know, it was there was one person that was like, this was this book was really good, but. I had a hard time getting past the names and I was like, I resonate with that person because I could not keep track of the names a lot of times. But then this was the other person that like just loved it. And they're like, this is the greatest book I've ever read. It's my favorite book. I read it every year in March on the, you know, like on this day, like it's my favorite thing to do. I love it because of this. And I was like, oh, okay. Like I, I didn't see, you know, I wasn't, I was not privy to what you just explained to me because of this book now. And it kind of made me appreciate it a little bit more to whereas if I didn't hear that person's perspective, I would have just kind of been like, okay, well this was a kind of, weird, interesting Russian book. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, I have another one of his books that I picked up that I'm curious. I I don't know what it's going to be like, but I just saw his name and I was like, Oh, it's not a, I think it's the idiot. I think, have you read that one yet? I haven't read it. It's some book by him and I I don't know. It's called the idiot. I don't know what it's about, but I was like, Oh, there's his name. I'll read it and see what happens. Um, but yeah, I've, I've, I've found out about myself that I am a, I'm a sucker for any kind of like historical fiction, like anything involved, like I've, I've been, I've been flying through Dan Brown books and I've, I've come to learn that like some people love Dan Brown, mm, some people hate them. I, those, I just devoured those in the nineties. I was a Dan Dan Brown girl. Well, I found, so I've known about his books for a while, but like I never really read it. And I read, uh, I read Da Vinci Code a while back and I like read it like three days. I was like, what just happened? Like, why did I just read this book so fast? And, and so then I was like, oh, there's like four other ones in this series. And so I found origin somewhere. I used copy. I was like, I'm going to read that. And I flew through it and I was like, this is like, what is it about these books? And I told, I told my fiance, I think it's something about the fact that he'll be like, 
oh yeah, we're in this place seeing this art piece. And I'm like, I don't know what that is, but I got to see right now. And I'll like look it up and be like, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. You know, there's something so fun about a series too. Yes. Yeah. Um, my oldest child is 10 and she started reading. She picked out a book on, we were there Friday. We ate, ate pizza at the shop. Nice. And was it Pizzeria Cortile? It was Pizzeria Cortile. Oh, so and and then we pizza. walked over to the playground at Riverview Park. So it was a perfect way to spend a Friday evening. But my oldest picked out a book um, and it took it home, loved it. She started reading it, started asking me questions in the car. I love when a book does that mm-hmm. for my kids. That yeah. like It's a little bit older for her. And yeah. so they're using a lot of slang terms. And she's <laughs> like, what does this mean? And I'm like, this is so fun for me. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I'm getting to explain <laughs> pop culture to my kid. Yeah. But she finished that first book last night at yeah. like 740. Yeah. The shop closes at eight which doesn't matter because I can get in anyway. Yeah. But I told her, I was like, the shop closes at 8, and yeah. we're not going to make... And you got to get out. <laughs> you, I'm like, we're, well, we're at You our, were sweeping her out of the No, <laughs> at that point, we're at our house. Yeah. So it's 7.45, and yeah. we're at our house. And she was like, can we please go yeah. get the second book? And I was like, we could go in the morning. Yeah. Like, we're not open on Sundays, yeah. but we could go in the morning. Yeah, well, you can get in. Yeah. But I was like, I know that feeling yeah. of finishing mm-hmm. the first book and not having the second one queued up and ready yeah. to go. Yeah. So we went back, and it was like 7.55 when we walked in. Yeah. I was like, we, I mean, I'm wearing my slippers. Like, yeah. we are just here yeah. to make sure You're hoping nobody that sees we you, have number they do, two. They'll be like, oh, they're open. Yeah. You, yeah. Yeah. So we got that. But then she went ahead and put the third one on hold because... Yeah. I told her I was like, we're not we're not pre-buying the series. <laughs> like you've got to earn the next yeah. step. Here, yeah, you know? yeah, that's fair. So that's fair. That's that has been really really cool to share yeah. with my kids. Yeah, is just excitement around books. Yeah, yeah. no, I and I'm starting to sense that. Like I I get that now. You know, it's it's funny. I feel like I need to like make a public apology because like growing up, I was definitely like, I didn't read I, my favorite books growing up were Diary of a Wimpy Kid books. Still love them to this day. Listen, I, they're, they're fantastic. My love daughter them. was a, re, uh, we call them reluctant readers. Yeah, so was, I have a really enthusiastic yeah. middle child <clears throat> who is a voracious reader yeah. and he cannot get enough. But my oldest has always been a reluctant reader. Mm-hmm. And I think that what I've learned is that you keep offering. Yeah. You keep offering different types of books and you keep offering, you know, give them a graphic novel. Yeah. And then if they really love the topic of that graphic novel, mm-hmm. they might want to read mm-hmm. a book on the same topic that's maybe not in that format. Yeah. And so far that has worked really well for me. Yeah. Well, no, I, I, that is 100% me. I was the kind of kid like in school that'd be like, okay, we're going to read this book. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't want to, like, I want to go play sports. And like, and like, that was just me. Like that was my personality. And I remember I would, there were, there were specific people in my mind that like, they would just eat up like the, the books that were really like Hunger Games series. Yeah. I was really popular on this, uh, you know, like the, Harry, like the Harry Potter series, like all those books. And I would like, I would never say anything. Like I wasn't mean to them or anything. I'm not trying to paint myself yeah, like, yeah, I'm, yeah. but I, like in my head, I'd be like, what are these people doing? I'm like, how are how they just can like, they sit there? yeah, I'm like, what is wrong with these people? I'm like, just, just what, what are you doing? And like, now I get it. Like, you know, I haven't, I may not have the same interest in them, but like, I, I get it now. Like I, I need to like. I feel like I need to walk up to him and be like, I'm sorry for like silently judging you in my head. Being like, what is, why, why are you reading this? Like, I get it now, you know? I think that we're um, just in general pretty hard on ourselves as people. Mm-hmm. Um, that there are a lot of expectations out there. And that reading in 
just in general that there's really high expectations around reading what you should be reading, Mm -hmm. when you should be reading and how much you should be reading. And I personally have gone through like spells of my life where I just couldn't read, Mm -hmm. which was not like me at all. But Mm -hmm. there were so many things that were going on that needed to be attended to. And that I was, I had like dry spells Mm -hmm. where I didn't read. And then I'd find a jumping off point, a book that felt more accessible that I could like Mm -hmm. just, you know, dive into. And that would spring me back into reading a lot again. But Mm -hmm. I think that if we're really honest with ourselves, that there's a lot of room for grace when Mm -hmm. it comes to reading, like, especially when it comes to what you're reading. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of judgment oh, out yeah. there oh. about what you're reading. Yeah, and I think part of that is because like reading as an institution is like the oldest form of entertainment we have. Yeah. So like you know when when there's, for instance, like we were just talking about crime and punishment. Like if if I just like hated it and I was like this is the dumbest book ever. Like there's gonna be people that are like, are you kidding me? Like this is like the book. This is like the the first book. Like this is it. Like you can't just say that about this book. But like so as a nerdy yeah. girl, one of my favorite like scrolling activities on my phone is to go to these like classic books Mm -hmm. and read the reviews (laughs) because if you go on like go on storygraph and you go on goodreads these are not scholars yeah no they're just people they are just people reading in their apartments yeah like that is a lot that a lot of these books are heavy texts Mm -hmm. that need some like yeah. guidance to yeah. decipher. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. And so the reviews are hilarious. Yeah. No, I was, I was getting the same way. Cause like, you know, after I finished common punishment, like I, I enjoyed it, but I was kind of like, I think I'm good if I don't have to read that ever again, you know? And, but I was, I was doing the same thing. I was like, I have to see what other people, cause there's like a hundred million reviews of that book. So I'm like, you can find tons of reviews. And there was so many people that were just like, didn't understand it, yeah. wouldn't recommend it, one star. And there was other people like, this is the pinnacle of human existence. Like, this is it. And it's just so funny seeing the dichotomy really, of, of, it's of really people. It's really funny and interesting to see what resonates with different readers. Yeah. Um, I have um, two English degrees. And so oh, I've really? read a lot of yeah. and wrote, written a lot of papers about and just done a lot of critical thinking about literature mm-hmm. and what that looks like. I would never walk into our bookshop and go straight to the classics. Mm-hmm. There are only like two that I would reread. Can I ask you what those are? Sure. Um, East of probably... Eden by John Steinbeck. I do, I, I've heard of that one, yes. That I... one's, I've read that one three times. Yeah. And that one is just really, it's just such a beautiful story. Mm-hmm. And the way that the symbolism in that story is just so well done. Mm-hmm. Um, the first time I read it, though, yeah. I slogged through it. And I was like, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> and I got to the end and I was like, oh my God, that was the best thing I've ever read. <laughs> um, the other one is The Alchemist by Paolo Coelho. Okay. So, so we don't, you don't have to go too far into it, but my, my fiance recently finished that and she loved it. Like she was like, you need to read it. And it's I haven't read it. changing. Yeah. Well, I haven't read it yet. And every time like, I'll see it and I'll be like, what is in this book that like people are going, and you, you can I'm not talk about t- as much I, as you want. I'll to, tell but, you yeah. what I would tell you if you were standing in the store yeah. and I was selling you the book. Okay. It sell is, me the book. It sell is, me this pen. It <laughs> is a story. You're going to follow this young boy mm-hmm. on this journey and it is so poignant. I mean, the book is tiny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It'll take you like you'd finish it yeah. on a on a long Sunday. Yeah. Um, but it is. It's just about like life choices, and mm-hmm. it's so so good. Yeah. Um, it is one that when I need a reset for like how I'm thinking about things or 
you know, if I'm feeling like things are just rushing by me, mm-hmm. that is a book that I can read in a really short amount of time that kind of like puts yeah. it back in perspective. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It's funny. You mentioned, I'm definitely going to read it because my, like I said, my fiance has it and she talks about it all the time and it's not a long book at all. Like no. I'll, look, I'll look at it and be like, I could probably read this like right now or like have it finished tomorrow. I gave like it to all to. of my bridesmaids. Oh, nice. On my wedding day. Like that was the gift that yeah. I gave them. I was yeah. like this book, everyone needs a copy of it. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Um, speaking of life choices, so we're coming up on the hour mark and, uh, I just want to first off say thank you very much for being here and just chatting with me. Yeah, uh, this, this has been, been so fun. Yeah, this has been great. Uh, I've just been really looking forward to this and, uh, I'm glad I've been able to so far make good on the promise I made to myself to sit down with the owners of the book and cover. Cause like I said, I remember, I don't know if I told them this or not, but I'm, if she didn't, if I didn't, she'll hear this. But like I said, I remember walking in there and I was like, these people seem so cool. I want to talk with them one day and now I'm going to do it. So I guess that's cool for me. But, um, speaking of life choices, the way I like to end each of these episodes is, uh, with a little segment, it's different than everything we talked about, but a little segment called 15 quick questions. So you're going to have to make some quick choices, uh, here, if you don't mind, it's going to be a or B question. So this or that hot or cold, if that makes sense. Uh, and I just want to get your answers off the top of your head. So sure. it's an Enneagram five nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> well, this should be fun then. Uh, okay. So you ready to go? Sure. All right. This is 15 quick questions with blaze. Uh, first off, do you pronounce it caramel or caramel? Caramel. I, I, yes, I agree. Uh, do you prefer hot coffee or iced coffee? You can sub tea if you prefer tea. Or if you just don't like either of those, maybe. No, I love coffee. I love coffee, and it just depends on the season. Yeah. um, If you had some right now, if I were to walk in hot or cold, which one would you choose? I'm I'm generally a I'm I'm a hot in the middle of summer kind of guy. Like I I don't know something about that. I I generally run pretty cold, and so Mm -hmm. usually I need something to warm me up. Yeah. I'm, I'm the opposite. I'm generally like very hot and I'm like, I need a steaming hot beverage to go with the fact that I'm sweating right now. Anyways. Um, <laughs> do you prefer summer, fall, winter, or spring? Um, I, I actually really love the winter. I'm, I'm the same. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm the same way. I, I love the fall and winter. Times. I love, I love all of the seasons. Mm-hmm. I'm very, by the time the next season's about to roll around, I'm glad for it. Yes. yes. I like when the seasons change. Yes. But in the winter, something about the winter allows me to hibernate the way that I want to mm-hmm. all year round. Yeah. And I love it. I'm the same I like way. to run in the winter. It invigorates me. You're, you're speaking to me right now. But I also, I I'm a fire personality. Yes. And so I am going to be burning at all times. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's really something there psychologically <laughs> about the winter cools me down and I am living my best life in the yes. winter. No, I'm the same way. I, I, I don't like to be cold. See, I, but that is one thing I, I do. Pref- well, I prefer it to be cold because yeah. then I can warm up. Bum- I'm going to bundle it. See, yeah. you, you, are, yes. you are speaking my language right yes. now. This makes me, there is so much winter slander in the world yeah. that I'm so glad I have someone that understands. I know. And that people are like, it's so gray. And I'm like, it's not always gray though. And even if it is like, listen, I understand nothing. There's nothing like a great 85 degree summer day. The wind, the breeze is blowing. Like I, I get it. I love summer too. But also, if it's like cold and snowy outside, it's gloomy mm-hmm. and gray, and it's a Saturday, Take and you me can on just a hike. or just like or just sit, sit on, the on the couch, like that. Just give me a sweatshirt, a fire, and a cup of coffee, and you will not have you won't hear one complaint from me. I'll be happy and I'll be good, and I like. 
Yeah, same. Sorry, I'm going on a tangent, but like I just I had every time people were like, "Oh, what are you from?" Like I love the fall moon. They're like, "What? What is? What do you mean?" I think that if you would have asked me five years ago, I would have told you like summer because who doesn't love the summer? I've Summer's really been, fun. Always but been a winter person. The adult version of me yeah. very much loves the winter. I'm very. I'm. I'm really glad. Yeah. I'm finally finally somebody speaking my language because every time I tell people, they're like, "Oh, okay. Well, we prefer we prefer the spring and summer, but I, you know, whatever." I'm like, "Okay." Anyways, uh, next question: sweet or savory food? Savory. I, agree. I like. I want something spicy and so spicy, like spicy that it makes me like cry. Really nice. We have so much in common. I'm loving this. Okay. Uh, pineapple on pizza. Yes or no? No. Oh, really? Okay. See, so this is where we divert now. We've, we've, we've struck a chord with Immediate, each other Immediate no. I do not like warm pineapple on my pizza. I'm my a, mom I also makes this pizza. like warm pineapple casserole that has cheese in it. I've never had. The I'm people. Need, I might need this recipe. Yeah, I will get me, it. Yeah. I'm going to get it for you because the people who love warm yes. pineapple love this casserole. I just love pineapple. I literally will go. I, I, I put pineapple. I, I eat it like every day. I love pineapple. It's like my favorite thing, but like I, I'm a big, big fan of it. And, and uh, on pizza. So you definitely send me that recipe. I want to try it out. Um, okay. Sunrise or sunset? Rise. I, I agree. Guacamole or salsa? Salsa. Hardcover or paperback? The ultimate question. <laughs> um, God. I'm a hardback girl. I'm the same, I'm the I same am. way. I'm, I'm also. I like to get the book right when it comes out. Yeah. So it's going to be a hardback. I am also, it make it makes me feel very like esteemed. I'm like, Oh, I have the hardcover. Like I it doesn't do. fit my backpack, but I have a hardcover, you know, like because I am always reading multiple things at the same time. Yeah. I do like to have a paperback with yeah. me because yeah. it's much more easy to yeah. transport around. Yeah. I, I've noticed the one downside that I've found of hardcovers. Like if you're traveling anywhere, it's just not as convenient, but I'm like at the same time, like there's nothing like cracking open a, you know, a, yeah. a hardcover. So anyways, uh, Crunchy peanut butter or smooth peanut butter? Smooth. Really, I'm a, I'm a crunchy fan. I, I love both of them, but I'm I'm always been a, been a let me fan. hold on. Let me turn you on to this. Okay. On my way over here, I ate a peanut a smooth peanut butter with banana. Okay. On a seed bread. So like okay. one of those like really seedy grainy yes. breads yeah. that you can get yeah. at the store. Yeah. And it like was like an Elvis sandwich. It was like a last meal <laughs> level good because it had. The texture to it. That's a good point. I didn't think about it that. It didn't have peanut texture. Okay. It had the seed texture. I may have to think about that because I do. I do like It'd be seed. A great post run snack for you. I'll, I will. I will let you. I will try that and let you know. Um, all right. Next big book person question: fiction or nonfiction? Oh, for sure, fiction. Okay. Uh, I have to force myself to read nonfiction. Last year, I actually had to really challenge myself to finish a nonfiction book because really? I just hadn't read any. Yeah, yeah. It's not the first thing I reach for. I usually try to keep like a bat, like I try to, you know, just for whatever balance sake in my mind, like I'm one or the other at the same time. But uh, I'm, I'm definitely leaning more towards fiction as well at this point. Yeah. And I think that's part of that for me is I have a hard time remembering that not all nonfiction is self-help. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. That I can read things that I'm interested in, like the lie detector. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, All right. Final four questions here. Who in your mind do you think would be a better chef, Martha Stewart or Snoop Dogg? Oh, Snoop Dogg. Yes. Have you, have you seen, I'm sure you've seen his his cookbook from crook to cook. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I don't own that, but I think it's hilarious. Um, All right. Which decades do you prefer? 70s, 80s, or 90s? 50s. The 50s. Um, (laughs) I... 
I was born in the 80s, but I like most of my memories are in the 90s. Yeah. And so that's where all of my nostalgia lives. Yeah. yeah. So 90s. Gotcha. All right. Um, of the kind of final uh, holidays of the year, which do you prefer? Christmas, Thanksgiving, Halloween, and New Year's? Mm. I really love Halloween. Really? Yeah. Like we Hall- always do a little Halloween, Halloween party yeah. and trick or treat. Yeah. And there's no gift giving. Yeah. So that's like a low expectation. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Halloween. My fiance also loves Halloween. She 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 got to dress up as a witch for the first time this past Halloween. She she loved it. So yeah. she had a great time. Uh, I'm going to appreciate Halloween more as I get older. So I'm definitely with you on that. Um, and finally, the last question, I ask everybody this. I usually try to change up the, la- the first few ones, but I always ask everybody this. I want to hear your rationale. Uh, if you had to, would you rather fight a hundred duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck? And I'll let you think on it for just a moment because this is a lot of, a lot of things to think about. A hundred horse-sized? No, so, so a hundred ducks, so a bunch of tiny horses, a hundred tiny horses the size of a duck. Yes, a hundred of them. So think of looking around the room, this thinking whole room, yeah, filled with a lot of <laughs> tiny horses. Okay, or one, one really big duck the size of a horse. I'm gonna go with with Minnie. Okay, so what's your what's your line of thinking here? Um, that I am faster than I am strong. <laughs> and you're gonna outrun them. I, well, I'm gonna throw some. So I'm going to get some good hits in. Okay, okay. And then I'm going to retreat. And then I'm going to come back and I'm going to do it again. I don't think that I would have the same success with the large thing. Yeah. Because I don't have that strength. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that's okay. my rationale. I like it. I love... I that's love... kind of my rationale for all... Like, if I ever feel, like, threatened, I'm like, I am real scrappy. Yeah. And so I'm scrappy and I'm fast. So I can yeah. at least get a couple of good hits in yeah. before I need to run. And I know when I need to run. It's that oldest child thing. That's funny. That's funny. Um, yeah, I love asking people that because everybody's, you know, everybody's like, I can see the wheels turn and they're like, well, if I did it this way, maybe if I did that. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, that's 15 quick questions. Thank you for uh, playing along there. Before we finish up, obviously, you all have the store, uh, and I'll make sure to put links for socials and things like that. Is there any other links or anything that people listening should be aware of or anything about you or the store or anything you'd like to mention before we finish up? Um, we are going to be celebrating our annual ink drink. Yes. Um, that will be on April 29th. And I was at the first one of those, which was a lot of fun. So it's really fun. Yes. Um, it's going to be a little bit different this year. Last year was our first year, and we are going to change up how we schedule the programming. Yeah. Um, it was, I mean, we did something every single hour you did. Yes, last I remember year, that. and it was exhausting. Yes. So fun. Such a wonderful celebration. Mm-hmm. But we're going to try to make it a little bit more... Um, accessible time-wise so that more people can do more things Mm -hmm. at the shop that day. So, um, there will be an adult book fair. Um, we're working on some authors and the evening there will be a a VIP party. That'll be a ticketed event. Um, so that will be really fun as well. That's exciting. That is awesome. Yeah. I, uh, like I said, I actually went to that event. I think I came by early in the morning. I had something going on that day and I came by because it seemed like a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, I'll make sure if there's any links or anything like that. I'll put that down in the description. So if you're listening uh, and you want to check them out, definitely do online. If you are in the Chattanooga or surrounding Chattanooga areas and you're looking for a fun place to go, get some coffee or a pastry or a book or just to look around and have a good time, I will highly suggest checking them out 
at something Hanover Street. I'm blanking 1310 on 1310 Hanover. 1310. I I live kind of over in that area, so I know it's it's. I live on Tremont Street. Yeah. So if I just I know if I follow that street, it gets to Hanover, but I don't know what the number is. Yeah. So, um, well, cool. Well, yeah, definitely check them out. Uh, it's a great place. I think they do great work. Uh, and yeah, I'm just excited for what you all have going on, and think you all are doing great work. So. Thank you again for coming in today. I appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. It's been and, uh, so fun. Yeah, this has been great. Um, to everyone listening out there, thank you as always for tuning in, listening to the conversation. Hope you enjoyed today's episode and I will catch you all on another episode of the podcast. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the podcast. As one final reminder, if you'd like to support the show, then don't forget to rate and review the show wherever you get your podcast or share it with a friend. If you'd like to check out any links that were mentioned during the show or follow the show or myself on social media, then feel free to head to the description of today's episode to find these links. As always, thank you again for checking out today's episode. and I really hope you enjoyed it. I will catch you all on the next episode of the podcast. See ya.